Hey, welcome back to the Infamous Podcast. This is Brian. This is Daryl. And this is episode 317, Daryl. The wheel keeps on turning. Thanksgiving Day edition. Or post-Thanksgiving edition. Yeah, post-Thanksgiving. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. I had a, I had a good thing. I had a low-key Thanksgiving. It was nice. But we do want to, uh, a sort of serious cause, we do want to uh, make you aware there were tens of thousands, maybe millions of turkeys that lost their lives yes. during this um, holiday season. I, I did not do it last year, but I did revive my, my tradition of texting everyone I know, happy Turkey Genocide Day. Yeah, I, I texted that to a couple of people. So, um, yeah, it's a fun one, um, especially if you're a couple of people who they got that text for the first time this year. Um, and I, I've found like the, like, you know, I just use emojis. I did a turkey and a knife and a skull. Um, cause normally, you know, I make the little graphic, uh, but yeah. I was being lazy and emojis just kind of, you know, but I said happy turkey genocide day, then knife turkey skull. Um, and, uh, I should, oh, I should have added fire in there next year. Um, but my neighbor, this is the first one I sent to him. And uh, he laughed and he said, I showed this to Olivia and she said, oh, geez, Brian. So <laughs> you should make a T-shirt of that. Oh, that would be a good one. Just the turkey and the 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 knife and the skull and the fire. Yeah, I might do that. Maybe maybe do some funding, you know, crowdfunding for it. Maybe or just we'll throw it up on the Threadless store and people can just go buy it. I love I would absolutely Buy that you know, buy that um, that the if you know, you know shirt that's on our uh, Threadless site. We, I've sold like mm-hmm. ten. No, I've sold almost twenty of them already. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's by far our bestseller. <laughs> 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 and if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, then I know. Anyway, uh, all right. So this week we have uh, a couple series launched. This week, um, Hawkeye came out. Wheel of Time um, came out last Friday, right? Yes. So we are reviewing the first three episodes. Um, We will debate, actually, when we're talking about that, if we're going to continue to cover that. Uh, Daryl didn't know we were going to do that. Uh, We are talking Arcane League of Legends. And then we got a couple, just two two news bites. But I think one is going to be quick, and the other is going to take a minute. Um. And actually, I am going to swap those. Hold on real quick for the order that we had those in. Um, Because it actually makes sense to do the one that's just a little bit of news and then to uh, talk about the other one. Uh, But yeah, anyway, Daryl, did you have a good good Thanksgiving? Everything was good, fun? Yes. Yes. We had a great time over at, well, my place that is currently my folks and sister's place. But uh, yeah, Daryl's homeless, everybody. But it, it it was uh it was it was good. I, I just told you during the uh, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. I'm not a huge turkey fan. I know yeah. some people, and again, we watch Christmas Story, which that is great mm-hmm. because the dad loves turkey. Yep. I, I, I like is... turkey. Like I... <laughs> Mama says, it's all the bitches. But I, I mean, I, I like turkey fine enough, especially as, as if it's not as dry as the Sahara. Right. But my right. sister made some mashed potatoes that were some of the best mashed potatoes I've ever had, ever, like ever. Nice. Nice. And uh, so that was really, really good. And, you know, just spending time with the family. So we watched A Christmas Story 
and that's something that I watch every year. That's my Dune oh, as far as movies go. Okay. Yeah, I think that's everybody's, especially since uh, TNT and TBS uh, air it for 24 straight hours. So, Oh, I, I remember there was a year or a few years back. I think I watched it four or five times between yeah. uh, Thanksgiving and See, Christmas. I feel like they should go back and forth between that and Christmas Vacation and alternate. Which just to is shake funny it up. because... That was the second movie we watched nice. yesterday, Christmas nice. Vacation, and that was another. That was one I haven't seen so. it, like all the way through. I didn't actually. I was going to clean up, so I didn't watch much mm-hmm. of it. But I haven't seen that all the way through in a long time. That yeah. I'll I'll definitely watch that. I'm know, only gonna watch non-traditional Christmas movies this year. So like Lethal Weapon, Iron Man Three, Die Hard. You know, yes, like you Which, know the things that are that are Christmas movies, but you could argue that they're not. But like the Christmas is a the theme of. Um, <laughs> so I we watched a yesterday we before we went over to my parents we watched this Netflix movie called Love Hard with uh, Nina Dobrev. Yeah, and it's Vampire got uh, the the guy from um, Jin Yang. Um, I cannot remember that that little guy's name now. The 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 main Chinese kid. Yeah, he was and, in Silicon Valley. Again. Oh, that's where that's where he's been from. But it's one of those that again, it's it's it is what it is. Mm-hmm. But her character. This is a small spoiler for those out there. Her character's favorite Christmas movie is Die Hard, which is hilarious. I I just that just kind of like made me chuckle when I when that's revealed. That's funny. That's funny. All right, let's uh let's hop right to it then. After we've talked for almost six minutes, well. Wow uh <laughs> ducky fresh here on yeah <laughs> all right so uh i found this nugget on bounding actually amazon reportedly nearing deal to produce mass effect tv series um i figured you'd like this one because it's a gamer thing um and i like it because it's amazon because one like we haven't got a ton of woke stuff from amazon i mean it's getting that way but We'll see, but I will say everything that Amazon puts has put out like in the last couple of years, but since they've been serious about making original content, has looked amazing. Oh, absolutely. So yes. that that that's where I'm like, okay, like I've only played a little bit of Mass Effect, um, and I don't even remember where I played it because I don't I don't think I've ever owned the game, but it's uh it's cool. I like it. I love the effects. I love the ships. Um, I have no idea what any of them are called, but I really like the ships. So, but yeah, I don't know. I yeah. thought you would find this one pretty interesting, which I threw it in the show. Yeah, I, I saw I saw something about it yesterday, and I didn't you know go into it until you know, I checked out the show notes. And first of all, Mass Effect, the game, the series. We're not going to talk about the abomination that was Andromeda that came out, I believe, last year, twenty nineteen. That was a tire fire of a game. I didn't play it. I've read enough about it, and there are issues. Like not just technical issues, but story issues. It was it was just a mess. But the first three Mass Effect games, I have two, and I never played one, but two was great. Uh, three I never finished, but it was a good game from what I you know remember. And there was the Legendary Edition that came out uh, about a month or two ago, which puts all three games together. And I'm going to get that. Some I might actually you know see if, see if they have a deal on that you know for Cyber Monday and nice. get that. But this is a perfect type. In theory, this is this is a game that could be an excellent adaptation, and, and it only works as a series because so yeah. much is going on. There's so many characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, one of the things about this series was that the choices you made in one game carried over into you could carry over into the next. Game, oh, I love that the decision tree. Good. That where is, like if yes. you make good decisions, you're good, and if you make bad decisions, you're bad, and like it's hard. It makes life harder if you do yes. things. I yeah. I love that idea. So. Now, like I said, in theory, and what one of the things you said, Amazon, regardless of what the content of the shows they make, one thing they do look good and. If they got get some of these ships right and some of the jump, you know, some of the cities and planets. I mean, again, this would not be a cheap series. But you know, Amazon I think they is... could do it like similar to the like obviously not similar story or anything, but like similar use of effects as the expanse. Yeah. Um and... as far as like the ship battles and, and stuff like that. And then they could do yeah. the CG for the like the fighting stuff. Um the like thing the, is... the story like the boys, you know. And yes. and that'd look really and... good. And then you, but then this is a thing that and this could make or break shows sometimes is the alien effects because, like you're right, they have you kind of have that blueprint already for the space stuff. Even though Mass Effect is more past sci-fi than the hard sci-fi, I would call is the Expanse. There's still that blueprint of okay, you can do this, that, and the other. It, but that's not my. How dare issue. you? That's not. <laughs> that's not my fear. Sorry, man. You, I you, fear you, you called the expanse hard sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, con considering you, you compare the expanse to other sci-fi's, it would absolutely guess, be put but, in that category. I mean, it's. Still, I mean, I mean, yeah. just from a physics standpoint, sure. for the most part. Yeah. That, so, I, I know we're kind of nitpicky, but but this is my fear. You said, like you said, for the most part, Amazon has seemed to stay away from the woke diversity and inclusion thing <laughs> yeah except they stepped in a big time with the wheel of time and we'll talk more about that so later. like and i have i had not read the wheel of time books so when we get to it that'll mm -hmm. be fine i i think the the thing that i was referring to was all the uh the added diversity to the lord of the rings series that yeah. is not oh. like like it's not in any of the stuff and i love the people who are like oh well this is what tolkien meant all along it's like when Tolkien died, they found a room with thousands of volumes of personal histories of every single person in Middle Earth. Like, the man was obsessed, psychotically obsessed. And, uh, and yeah, no, what, what is there is what he meant for them to be, to say, to sound like, to look like. And he went into painstaking detail about that. So, anyway. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. I'm excited for this. Like I said, I, I've only played the game a little bit. Um, I liked it. I'm, you know, I'm not the not the gamer that you are, but uh, yeah, I mean, I I look I look forward to it, and I think it, it'll be something cool. And you know, if you said Andromeda was a bad game, then um, you know, don't don't include that. Yeah, anyway. but the, yeah, the original series, I think the story itself uh, about the makers and all that stuff are. I mean, this could be a really because again, it, there are some similar story beats as far as how the the plot goes and you know what's going on in this bigger world as we see in the expanse with some cool. of the aliens you know species that we're finding out about in this so nice, I, nice. I think you know from a story beat perspective this would this could be a great addition you know it, as in the game remember i don't know if you remember this part but the you know captain shepherd is the you know the main protagonist and mm -hmm. you could select being a male or female you had that option yeah. and 
from I only I played the male, but from what I understood, the female variety, you know, whoever the voice actor actress was for the female character was great as well. Cool. Again, I never played it, so I'm just going by what some of the stuff I'd seen. But yeah, I I think if you know, just sticking to the fact of making a good story and bringing the game, like the port, the important elements of the game to life, and Amazon could have a, could have another winner. So. Awesome. All right, moving on. Uh, Andy Gogo, and I, I put this as Andy Gogo Comics, but they're doing this for everything. They are, um, as this Verge article says, switching gears to more closely screened crowdfunding campaigns. Um, so you know they're they're vice president of product and custom. I love that they have a vice president of product and customer trust. Those are two very different things. Um, but it's yeah. the same person. But he, uh, a guy named Will Haynes, said candidly, we have not always lived up to our backers' expectations. Um, when the company launched in 2008, there were f- there were few restrictions on would-be entrepreneurs seeking to raise money for like from like-minded backers. Uh, but Hayes said openly, or said that open isn't what crowd the fr- crowdfunding community wants. Uh, more than a decade later, um, it's not shopping. And people, if if you don't know that it's not shopping, like I got nothing for you. But I have you backed anything on Kickstarter, Indiegogo, or anything like that? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, so I've done. I don't know, probably 25 comics. I did the original Pebble Watch. I did the second Pebble Watch. Um, you know, I, I've done a few things here and there. I did a typewriter, or a typewriter. I did a keyboard, a Bluetooth keyboard that was like the old mechanical typewriters. Um, you know, all, all to like varying degrees of success, right? Um, I've never backed something that just flat out didn't come out. Um, but I, I think here, though, like, you know, the whole... The, this whole like crowdfunding trust alliance that Indiegogo and GoFundMe are are, are forming, um, it, it's just going to be one more gatekeeper. I think. I, I think there there's there's things out there that they're going to be like, well, I'm just going to stick with comics. So you look at what Ethan Van Skyver has done with all caps. You look at you know, um, what your boy Zach, I forget his real name, has done with his comics and stuff. And you have uh, Aaron Lepresti, who just made like half a million dollars for um, the Wraith book he has coming out. And I think I've had like six more after like, you know, he was making the rounds uh, of current things coming out. Um, I backed um, Blake Northcott's book, the the Grim Valley Memoirs or something like that. Um, there was one I back- backed that was called uh, Sullivan Sluggers. It was like a zombie baseball team or whatever. It was a horror comic. Uh, that was the one that was like took the longest to come. It was like a year and a half late, <laughs> but you know I still got it and it was good. I liked it. Uh, I got I got a shirt. Um, I bat I did a backing for the oh actually the thing I did for the goon movie the goon movie never happened. Um, do you know the character the goon? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know there was a well. well yeah, they were gonna make a animated movie and Clancy Brown was gonna be the voice of the goon and it was gonna be awesome and it never happened. Um, but. You know, so I did one that didn't happen. I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm batting like, you know, <laughs> I'm still batting like 95%. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't like this. Um, and I don't like this because of what Kickstarter did recently. They hired a new person to be the outreach for their comics. 
And she immediately went through and just started blocking people on like Twitter and like not responding to them uh, because she did not like either their politics or the fact that they were white men or the fact that they were cis white men. You know, there was a lot of this going on and uh, this is going to happen. So like GoFundMe, I don't care what you think about Kyle Rittenhouse. GoFundMe said, no, you cannot donate money to this guy's legal funds because he's a you know accused of a, a really heinous crime, right? But then this guy who drove through the and again, I don't care what you think about it. A guy who drove through the uh, the parade and, and ran over sixty people and killed six, um, you know, ranging from six years old or eight years old, sorry, to seventy two years old in age, you know. So, um, but then they they let his GoFundMe sit up there for like a week almost before they finally took it down, and they only took it down because people started complaining. So how, how is this crowdfunding trust alliance, as I use air quotes, uh, going to actually work for the entrepreneurs, right? You're not going to agree with everybody's it. politics. Yeah. You're not going to agree with the, the makeup of every company. Because if they turn around, they're like, well, in order to crowdfund on Indiegogo, you have to have one woman, one gay woman, one trans woman, one gay man. You know, one Asian man. You know, it's like, well, no, <laughs> that's not how that's not how innovation works. Now, if you if you have a, a group of people that are all like that, awesome, more power to you. You're probably gonna make a bunch of money in this day and age. But if you don't, <laughs> you should not be penalized for that. And if you don't, if you only have that, you should not be penalized for that. Nor should you be assisted in that in any way, as far as being like pushed to the top just because of the identity. Now. If you have an idea that goes out and it takes off, that's when they should push you to the top. Be like, hey, people are backing this. People are really into this. Check this out. You might be into it too. Right. And it should not matter and who the – I'm sorry. Well, just last point. It shouldn't matter who the entrepreneur is. It shouldn't even matter what the product is. It should just matter that people are into it, people dig it, and people are, are excited to have it. All right. I'll shut up. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, you're – I everything you said right there, I agree with. It's – when I first, like I told you, the first couple paragraphs, I, after reading the first couple paragraphs, the first thing I said, in theory, it sounds like a good idea, but it's GoFundMe, and then I had to add this, because you reminded me of the Kickstarter thing, has shown this can easily been, be manipulated from a mm -hmm. political aspect. Yeah, I mean, Kickstarter, sorry, Kickstarter's been political before all of this, yeah. and like I, I have told creators, like, who have contacted us and their stuff's been on Kickstarter. I'm like, when you get to when you go to the uh, to GoFundMe and and you're able to to share stuff, let me know and I'll we'll talk about it. But I'm not going to promote you while you're on Kickstarter. Yeah, and someone that does uh, something that you, I, for, what was the role that she that got hired at Kickstarter? She was the comics liaison. She was supposed to yeah. liaise with the comic creator community of people who were looking to be on Kickstarter, who were actively on Kickstarter, and who had successfully funded things on Kickstarter. You get put into a position like that, and then you try to exclude people based on your opinion of them or not liking what they believe or not liking something they said, you should be fired immediately and never be able to get that job again until you show that you can work with people that you don't agree with. This is the problem of this type of gatekeeping and i i think that people that don't look at it this way and 
say you all are, you know, being conspiracy theory, you're being extremely naive if you do not think that something like this is going to be weaponized mm. against people that leave the industry. Imagine if they had this when, you know, when, you know, the whole comic skate and Ethan Van Skyver thing happened. Right. Do you really think they would have allowed him on the platform? No, not at all. I mean, I, I, I mean, Kickstarter didn't. That's the thing. Like, yeah. you know, but yeah, not so uh, her name was Jamila Rouser. She is the publishing and comics outreach uh, person. And uh, she, 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 she made her Twitter private after all of this. But she went through and she started just blocking people who had never interacted with her before. Mm-hmm. Never interacted with her. And she also claim, claims she's a, 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 an award-winning writer and publisher, but I have yet to see anybody talk about any awards she's won for anything written or published by uh, under her name. But yeah, hey, Kickstarter, why is your new comics consultant, Jamila Rouser, blocked me? I don't even know who she is, nor do I know anything about uh, nor do I know anything about comics. I don't care particularly, but I chose to know this. What's with all the hate? This was just from some. Uh, this was from Craig Dun- Duncan at Fluted. Um, hey, Kickstarter, it's not a good look for your comics consultant. Uh, if your comics consultant has thousands of people blocked before she even finished her first day, might work on her communication skills. Dope Pope thirteen. You know, it's just, you know, it, like there, there's there's hundreds of these. And it's just like, you know, I, I picked some of the tamer ones there. But, but yeah, it's just, uh, like, I, I, I hate to see this. I mean, GoFundMe is, you know, there's a there's hundred other funding websites you can use out there that aren't GoFundMe, that won't take your money, like won't take as much of your money. Um Indiegogo gives you a bunch of different options. Like you can do a partial where, you know, if you don't reach your goal of, you know, a thousand dollars, you know, but you get to like 990, you can still get it, but you pay GoFundMe a little, or I'm sorry, you pay Indiegogo a little more for that, which is kind of cool. Like, you know, I do think if, if, you know, Indiegogo's hosting it and hosting all the video and, and all that traffic and stuff, like they should definitely get a taste. And I think GoFundMe should too as well. But I think with GoFundMe, they should take a much smaller taste. Um, I was thinking about that today. I was thinking with like making a GoFundMe uh, alternative, right? Mm-hmm. And say, all right, we're going to take a flat rate of 1% of everything that you make up to your goal. And anything over your goal, we're going to take 5%. So like we'll take 1% up to $1,000. And if you make $1,500, we're going to take 5% of that $500. Okay. So, because I feel like people should turn it off when they've hit their goal. Yeah, it, it's like you know, some of them just keep just smashing through. And, well, yeah, I mean, it's you know, just whatever. Yeah, well, it's like you had that lady in Las Vegas who lied about being a mom and having kids and getting kicked out, and she put a GoFundMe oh, up. Yeah, and like GoFundMe did not take that down. I like I don't know. It, it still might be up, but um, but yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's just uh, one of those things that I, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to have this happen to uh, to comics. I don't like some of the coolest indie comics out there are are from uh, are, are are from Indiegogo right now, and and by not having that, you know, that's a that's a big problem. 
Yeah, that I mean that's that's a shame because again, while they try to spin it as the if you know this is going to be better for the consumer, it's an like I said, it's it's a a way to gatekeep not keeping the scams out, not necessary, not just keeping the scams out. I should say, but this will this will absolutely be weaponized. We've seen it before. It's absolutely going to be weaponized against people for their beliefs and mm-hmm. for you know something they've said in the past. Yep. We know this. Yep. That that's just that's not even a, that's not even an argument. We know that's going to happen. Yeah. And yeah. it's just how much is it going to happen? And is anybody going to stand up and say no? This is, and and again, like you said, you said this could open the door, depending on how fast this, you know, how how quickly they fast track this and how this goes into effect and who, who it affects, this could open the door for potentially a, another brand to come out where, which, which says, Hey, we we're you know, we're going to do what Indiegogo used to do mm-hmm. and we're going to let you do it. And again, there might be some, there are ways to improve it. You know, some of the things you mentioned, but overall this could open the door for another young entrepreneur, not necessarily young entrepreneur, but, some yeah. type of entrepreneur to come out and said, Hey, we need uh, people to be able to, despite necess- not necessarily agreeing with them, to be able to do this. You know, as mm-hmm. long as you know, as long as you're not scam doing scamming or criminal stuff. Yeah, that do, other do what you want to do. That other lady, uh, her name was Dasha Kelly. Uh, she's not those kids' biological mom. She walked off with over $200,000 because GoFundMe said, well, if you want to get a refund, you have until this date to do it. And people kept donating after that. The woman who is uh, Shoddy Hillo, who's the biological mom of those kids, she asked for $1,500. She got $3,200. And that woman walked away with two hundred k. Two hundred, and Yeah, over two hundred k. Like, see, like that right there is, is ridiculous ridiculous because yeah i mean that's fraud and and yeah, you know, oh, absolutely so i mean but if this is how they're going to act if they're going to be like you know we're, we're going to let you get away with this again if it would have been a white mom wouldn't happen they would have shut it down but no uh, it wouldn't have at all you know it's just one of those things that it's just so ridiculous and you know cnn is to blame for this because they did not fact check they just took this woman's word on it and did no no actual reporting so anyway it's just disappointing but just kind of back to the main point doing this to indie comics when the big two are are so bad right now and the comics industry is being dominated by manga and it's literally on life support it's just like why would you do this why would you do this like just leave it alone let people write the kind of books they want to write because there's a ton of books out there that are, you know, LGBTQ, whatever, uh, friendly. And, and some of them are really good. They really are. And if you're going to not let those people make books or, you know, whatever, like whatever group you're not going to let make books, this is not, it's not right. You know, you're, you're supposed to be about a, a crowdfunding platform where like as an investor, cause I think that's what they should call people. You're an investor. Um, you're assuming risk. That the project might never happen. Yeah. So and that's that's what that's the danger, you know, that's always the risk you take when you're investing in something is 
hey, I might get my return. I might get a ton more, or I might get nothing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I like, mean, uh, you, what, you Jacques, Jacques Niem from uh, Not So Super Comics. I mean, I've backed a dozen of his things. He was the first ever guest we ever had on the show as an interview. You know, back back when he was launching, not when Not So Super was getting off the ground. And, you know, I mean, yeah, it's just without that kind of thing and without his family friendly, all ages books, like if someone had been like, no, nah, we're not going to do that. That's 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 kiddie stuff, you know, or whatever. I'm not, you know, but yeah, like we wouldn't have the cool shit that Jacques makes now. So, yeah. Anyway. All right. We're going to move on. Uh, I've gotten on my soapbox cool. Wait a lot. <laughs> All right. Arcane. Is that right? Arcane? Yes. Arcanon? Arcane. Arcane? Arcane? <laughs> the carne? Is the carne upon us, Daryl? You know, you can't fight during the carne. You just have to let the, uh, the Persian <laughs> hordes overtake you. But in fairness, you will fight in the shade. Uh, okay, so Arcane League of Legends is a, uh, a Netflix series. Um, <laughs> I have in the show notes, watch all nine season one episodes. How about watch all season one episodes? <laughs> instead of saying that, instead of... <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, all nine uh, season episodes, all season one episodes are out. Nine of them, to be exact. Um and and they did is... it on a week. They yeah you know, they didn't release them all nine of them. Oh, they didn't. Either. No, they what they did is they they released the first few and this because they this came out a few weeks ago and then they will release episodes weekly. So and, and again, I don't know if it was just like there were one episode weekly or a multiple. I think it was multiple episodes weekly, but yeah, it did. They didn't drop all nine episodes at once. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I did not get a chance to watch this. So what we're going to do is Daryl is going to convince me to watch this. Um, and he's going to do it in five minutes. Go. Okay. So (laughs) again, this is arcane. This is a prequel. This is a prequel for the most part to the league of legends game, which is a huge, you know, very popular franchise. I have not played one second of the game. So, I mean, I've seen plenty of it. I've actually even watched videos of people, you know, tournaments because this stuff can get, you know, this used, yeah. Anyway, so I'm going to read kind of a little blurb about what this is, what this is. Amidst the escalating unrest between the advanced utopian city of Piltover and the squalid repressed undercity of Zaun, sisters Vi and Jinx find themselves on opposing sides of a war over twisted ideologies and arcane technology. Uh, this, so this, as I said, this is a prequel. We start off, you know, the main character of this is by which, funny enough, you know, Hawkeye is played by Haley Steinfeld. That's sign, yeah, Steinfeld. She's uh, the voice actress for that. And what we get is we we've seen this before in the sense of you know, you know, these kids living in squalor and you know they have to make ends meet. They yeah, you know, they they're not you know the most angelic of kids. They, you know they sometimes takes jobs here and there to rob and all that stuff. But and again, I've only watched the I purposely only watched the first three episodes. Well, actually, I did watch episode four as well. But why should you watch this? This is a series. This this is probably in the last couple months my favorite thing to have come out. Um, and I and I put out what I liked and 
what I didn't like. And let me start off with this, what I didn't like. Some of the characters aren't nearly, aren't with us nearly as long as they should be. That and maybe a character or two that I, that I just didn't hit. What I liked, this is, so if you, you know, you're a fan of, you're not really a fan of anime, I know that. This is different though. This is actual, and, and I, I looked this up because it has such a unique art style. Uh, the animation is fantastic. And I don't just mean just how it looks, it's how it moves, especially the fight scenes. They use slow motion in a way to, it's not Zack Snyder's slow motion use, but it's used in a way to enhance scenes. But there's a weight to everything that a lot of times animation doesn't give you weight in when a character does this, that, or the other, especially in fight scenes. Arcane does this in a way because there's several fight scenes in the first three episodes that really you feel the impacts. So from an aesthetic purpose of the, you know, just the kinetic energy of fight scenes, uh, the kinetic energy of when you first see uh, someone, a character use magic, it's, it's just, you feel it. And you know, that I'm going to go with my favorite, the sound design, you know, the voice casting and the characters are amazing from a story standpoint. The pacing is just is almost note perfect, at least for the first three episodes, in the sense of you get that prequel that, you know, the prologue of how Vi and her sister, who, who's called Powder slash Jinx, how they get to where they are in the you know first. You get that in, in two minutes. Yeah, they do such a great job of not ha of telling you what you need to know in as short amount of time as possible while, while at the same time not rushing it. And that is a, that's a very tough thing to do. I, you know, there are things where, you know, when we talk about Wheel of Time later, or even Hawkeye, there are moments where you need to let the story breathe. And then there are those moments where they're draw dragged out too long. Arcane has that, it's just, again, three episodes in, it has that perfect mix where it's just, they get, they get that balance. Um, the world building again is great. You, they do a thing where you know, you're living, you find you're, you're seeing these characters in city life, but there's that undercurrent of what's going on with this whole magic thing. And you don't get a lot of that in the first three episodes. And so th they peel things back layer by layer by layer and leave room to develop, not of only of the characters, but of wherever this is going. And again, I don't know where this is going with you these got, characters. You got 30 because, seconds left. Okay. I don't go where these characters, because I don't play the League of Legends game. But as, as an animated, it's, it's not just as an animated feature, but as a story. This is just a great story. You, it allows you to, the characters, you actually, you will fall in love with some of these characters, unfortunately, sometimes. But this is, this is one of those things that, why I love animation. Because the animation is great. The characterizations are great, and the more importantly, the story so far is very compelling. It's it's something that I think you even it's because it's less anime than it is just a great story. All right, and, and I think you, you would said love it. each episode is like forty minutes long. Right now, yeah, it's uh, yeah about thirty-seven minutes. I okay. think. 
I'll try it. I'll give the first episode a watch. You've succeeded. Yeah, and, and there is a, You've succeeded. Yeah, there Yeah, and Oh. <laughs> it I be. thought that was the applause. Hold on. The, the, that was oh, the, no, that <laughs> wasn't the applause either. My bad. There we go. There we go. Good job, yeah, Daryl. So, yeah, no, definitely. I'll check it out. Like, you, you've convinced me. Like, it, it sounds like something that I'm, I might actually enjoy myself about. All right, let's move on to Hawkeye. Speaking of Haley Steinfeld again. Haley Steinfeld. All right, so I'm going to say this because of the two of us, I'm the only one who's read the Matt Fraction run on Hawkeye um, with 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 Kate Bishop. I hated it. I hated it. I love Matt Fraction. I'm a big Matt Fraction fan. I hated it. I uh, I did not care for it. I think Kate Bishop is um, – she's a good guy. You know, It's not like she's like Riri Williams where she's trying to be a good guy, but she's really a bad guy yeah. or Beast or uh, Professor X. Pat. Or Doctor Strange, or Tony Stark, um, <laughs> Reed Richards, T'Challa, Namor. I mean, they're all they're all super villains. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, Kate, Kate Bishop is a pretty unlikable character in the comics, just in general. Um, no matter who writes her, just nobody can seem to make her interesting. Um, but 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 she. Uh, she is uh, played by Haley Steinfeld, as as you so eloquently put it before. And Haley Steinfeld was the perfect choice to play Kate Bishop. Um, and before we even get into anything, it's because she's so damn likable. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's been on the radar since True Grit, where I think she was nominated if she did not win the Oscar. I don't recall. Yeah. Um, so I mean, she's got acting chops. I found out. I actually found out today from from the Kidbot that she's a, a a prolific singer with a, a singing career and, and and things like that as well. So, uh, she is a she's like the female Justin Timberlake. She's like stupid hot. She's good at what she, at everything she wants to do. Um, she actually made all the bow and arrow stuff look really authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, which I cannot say the same for Jeremy Renner. Um, this is what happens when you CGI the bowstring in. Um, <laughs> anyway, but uh, but yeah, so I, I think I think my my overall impression is I liked her. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this is uh, two years after the events of Endgame. Uh, Clinton Barton, it says here, Clint Barton must partner with Kate Bishop to confront enemies from his past as Ronan in order to get back to his family in time for Christmas. It's six episodes. We got two already. I wonder if they're, are they going to do, no, they're doing one each week after this. Um, and it's on Wednesdays, which is good. Uh, all right. So the first episode, never meet your heroes. I, the, the thing I like best about this episode was one, the, uh, meeting like you know uh hawkeye's family again and and then being in new york just him having him being a good dad having dad time with his kids um the other is the bad guys in this are called the tracksuit mafia <laughs> I, I i love that i mean i know that was that's taken from from the thing but uh i, I still i love it like i'm just i'm calling it out it is a it's a great comic book crime syndicate gang whatever name and uh 
the Russian dudes that they have playing the tracksuit mafia were fantastically hilarious in, in a good way. Yeah. I, episode one was rough for me. It's so I, again. Yeah. I, again, I loved, you know, a lot of what, you know, Haley or I'm, well, what Kate Bishop, you know, their, our introduction into her, I thought the whole, we got introduced to her during the, you know, the child version of her during the you know, battle for New York. That was a little rough. And I, I get what they were doing and mm-hmm. get why they were doing that. It was, again, it was rough. You're, I'm going to use that a lot, with, especially with this first episode. Yeah. I, I did like probably the best part of both episodes was the musical. Wouldn't you agree? How Hello. dare you? <laughs> How dare you? But you might as well do a third one. No, no. It doesn't deserve a third one. That's how bad the musical part was. No. I can't so, be friends with Jess anymore, by the way. You can tell her that. <laughs> Next time we so do an AEW reason- night, she is not invited. <laughs> so what i liked about the musical one it was ultra cheesy and i, I know they were going for that it kind of reminded me of the supernatural episode where they saw this high school doing a musical of their lives but what i liked about that is it it reminded us you know of of the loss that that clint has felt because he sees you know there's that moment where he sees the actress playing black widow and you see that look on his face, you know, remembering how he lost his best friend. And, you know, he, t- he takes his leave. Some of the stuff with that I didn't necessarily like in the first episode, again, it's the, like the dynamic between Kate and her mother, Eleanor, which, again, I, I love Vera Farmiga, but there's just something missing. And it's not just her. We'll talk about this a little bit as we go a little bit deeper. There, there are a few, few actors in here that are just, they're missing something, and I, I can't put my finger on it. Again, going something else I didn't wasn't too fan, too much of a fan of was I thought the fight scenes were very choreographed, mm-hmm. and there was no fluidity about them. And again, you're talking about a character in Kate Bishop who has all these accolades for, you know, X, Y, and Z since she, you know, got saved by Hawkeye. Yeah, they sure did a good job of telling us who she was. Telling and not showing. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, in, in episode one, our, you know, Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, they don't meet until the very last scene, which... That work that works. It works. I, I thought it worked really. It, well. it absolutely works. Yeah, that really works. You you don't need to meet. They don't need to meet each other right away or anything. It works because you were building towards what you know what these two characters were doing in the, in the meantime, and you know so that works. That was fine. That I, I had nothing wrong with that. I do love the tracksuit mafia. Mm-hmm. It it kind of it 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 is a perfect. They are perfect antagonists. Not just their name, but how they are. And like you said, the dudes playing them were great. They were perfect, especially in episode two. Because this is a show that, based on the first two episodes only, this is going to be more lighthearted. 
and again, based on the trailer, the first two trailers we saw, it's going to be lighthearted, but there's going to be snippets of seriousness in it. Like mm-hmm. the seriousness we get here, you know, without any, you know, without any slapstick comedy was when, when Clint is watching someone play his best friend who he yeah. lost two years ago. Yeah, that was I mean, there that I, I love the, you know, the tone of that scene and what it sets up for him as a character. Um, Haley Steinfeld, her character, Kate Bishop. Again, they tried to do that with the battle for New York. It didn't work for me. No, um, that part didn't work. But again, it's one of those we talk about this all the time. It's a first episode. Again, when we talk about Wheel of Time, Wheel of Time, very rough first episode. For yeah. Me. Oh, yeah. So, um, um, so sticking with I uh, never. Oh, sorry. Good. I was just going to say. So I I ne- I try not not to ever judge a, a series by the first episode because more often than not, it's not going to be a good episode just because they're trying to do so much. Right. No, that sounds. But that makes sense. I like how they left it where it's like Hawkeye. They meet for the first time. He's like, "Are you serious? Like, who the hell are you?" Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I, I think, um, you know, I, I was pretty revulsed, revolt, revolted, revolt. Re, it was revolting. That's a word to not use much. We don't use yeah, much. Revolted. I was, I was revolted. Um, no, the, the, the musical was revolting. It was, as, it was worse than the Batman musical that Terry and Bruce had to sit through in, in the Batman Beyond cartoon. Oh, you um, did tell me that, yeah. Which was the whole, like, the episode where, where Rachel Ghoul is uh and it's Raish, not Roz, you normies. Um where Raish is trying to uh let's just say take over Bruce's body. Um actually that's exactly what he's trying to do. Anyway, uh yeah, I I actually what I liked about the whole um Joss Vingers like throwback thing was um the YouTube channel that does the honest trailers. They did um yeah they did a video a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was earlier. It was earlier this year, um, comparing Hawkeye to Katniss to Legolas. And uh, there's one of the arrows that he shoots that they give it an NA because they don't know if it hit or not. And this actually like gives him an extra hit, which brings his accuracy level up a little more. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but uh, not that his accuracy was bad. But uh, I, I did, I did enjoy. I did enjoy having Jeremy Renner back more than I thought I would. Um, so here's some changes. In the comic, Kate's dad is the bad guy. In the show, it looks like her mom is going to be a bad guy. And I'm going to call it right now, by the way, spoilers. She killed her husband. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really thinking that. Especially Sorry. when you think about what was going on before you know the beginning of the the show they're having an argument about selling she she used the chitauri invasion as a way to kill kate's dad and uh get the get the inheritance from it um so she can continue living her lavish lifestyle anyway um i i'm happy that they did the uh the whole ronin thing i to kind of put a bow on it but uh but at the same time, I kind of wish that they had gone a different way. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, I mean, Ronan is... I, I thought Ronan was a great little, like, snapshot of where Hawkeye was 
during Endgame. And I think leaving it that was was where that needed to be. And it just made it made Kate look really dumb, thinking that she could put it on and run around and fight these guys. And they kicked the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she took no damage. Like you know, yeah. so her plot armor is the is the thickest plot armor I've seen since Jon Snow. <laughs> Batman says, "Hold my beer." No, dude, John Jon Snow <laughs> died, died, and came back like multiple times. I think. Yeah. Um, no, just once. So I don't know. No, the well, although it, it made sense in the show, but the wind, yeah. like Sam and Dean, had the biggest plot armor. Yeah, of well, any true. Yeah. One. But it, it actually makes you find out why. And it, it you're but, like, oh. But well, that was part of the story. And Dean's broke down yeah. over time until, you know, he got yeah. got by a vampire of yeah. all things. What a bitch. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Team Moose for life, yo. Uh, that's not true at all. I hated Dean. No, Sam. Um, anyway. But no, it, it, it's just that. Uh, I, I do think the other, like, kind of little bright spot was uh, meeting Arcane. Um, or Armand Duquesne, or as I like to say, Duquesne. Um, do you remember the you know the the college Duquesne, right? Yeah, yeah. During like basketball, during the NCAA, back when we were kids and they were good. Like inevitably during like bracket time, somebody would call it Duquesne on ESPN. It always made me laugh. <laughs> um, but no, uh, the, so Armand, and he was Armand the third, and I like the little shithead who came up to him and was like, Armand, I'm ready to go. And he looked at him and he was like, just a second, Armand, I'm talking to my friend. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was funny. That was, they were, the, the thing is, is like, this isn't without promise, right? Right. It, it's just. They're, they're, yeah. this is one of those things where. And this is another MCU property. Uh, and when we talk about Endgame as a movie, it's, it's we talk about it as a bunch of highlights, a great highlights, but not necessarily Bot not fest. not not necessarily, but yeah. not a not a great movie, because it, like and and again, I'm not I'm comparing it in this sense. There are a lot of little moments here and there throughout both episodes that I think are great and fun but they don't necessarily do a good job weaving mm-hmm. them together to make a strong, to make a strong episode, like a strong two episodes. I, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I enjoyed, especially episode two and the whole, you know, we, we talked about the LARPing. I enjoyed episode two far more than I enjoyed episode one. Mm-hmm. Same. But even episode two had its issues with some, sometimes they had pacing issues or, mm-hmm again going back to some of the stuff because there's there's a corny factor to this show that i don't i'm still trying to debate if i'm going to like it or not Mm -hmm. in the sense of the corniness factor i I don't mind corny don't get me wrong i i I sometimes embrace it depending on the show i don't know if this is the right show to do that with. so i think jump into that corniness right with um especially with clint going to the larpers gathering um, the LARPers of New York thing, it made me feel like Tag is in the MCU. <laughs> and Tag is where, like, Clint grew up with those guys, right? But they don't know him as Clint Barton. They know him as whatever his name was in the movie. Um, and that when he, uh, 
when he was on the run um during like the the after civil war uh when when they got everybody broken out like he wasn't home with his family he was off like living this fake life as tag making everybody think he's getting married <laughs> because like when when he's doing the larping stuff like one it was great and two it was just like that character which was pretty funny um yeah I, I will say there was a scene where him and Haley Steinfeld are crossing the street and it's like, oh my God, Jeremy Renner is not taller than five, five. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like I they're in the that. middle of the street and they're walking, they're just walking. There's no traffic. There's nobody else, but like the perspective is way off. So it doesn't make him look like he's very big. Like it doesn't make him look bigger than he is. Um, but uh but yeah it was uh it was interesting um no episode two was definitely better um the the big problem is uh kate's mom eleanor is i don't like i don't i don't like the actress i i think uh vera farm from farmiga farmiga Farmiga, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I, what was she in? I'm, I'm having uh, the con- she's been in the Conjuring. She's been yeah. in uh, that movie Up in the Air with George Clooney, which I, I really, that that, I think that, I that was I really like that movie. So, um, but yeah, I don't just, know. I, I mean, yeah. well, and that's one thing you don't like her. I like her as an actress, but at the same time, I just don't like this character. And I, I, I don't I like. Didn't how she's like I don't like the way she portrayed this character. I don't. I don't know what else. Yeah. She's yeah. In. Exactly. That, that's that's yeah. part of my issue. Um, and it's not like she needed to be in a bunch of stuff, but, um, yeah. but yeah, yeah I don't like just, the portrayal of this character at all. Yeah. Yeah, it's just she. It's very very weird. Um, the way they're portraying some of these characters, uh, and, and you know the whole thing with Kate like breaking the bell tower at college and coming home. And she's like, well, go put your dress on. We're going to the ball after complaining that she has grown up. She's rich and young and she's always been rich and young. So she thinks she's doubly invincible. It's like, how about you skip the gala thing, the charity event and uh, set your kids straight. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that sounds like a good idea. Just, just perhaps. <laughs> so it's just, yeah, um, yeah. I just, I, I don't know. Like, I the little bit we got with her dad was like okay, but like that wasn't nearly enough. And uh, I just, I don't know. The, the, that character is not at all uh, clicking with me. Yeah. It, it, it it's not 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 with me either and that was the thing i was talking about where where i'm saying that it's just there's something about some of these characters that just aren't they're just off mm-hmm. they're off key yeah and I'm yeah, it's really like everyone's hoping... a caricature of who they're supposed to be yeah and and one that i i i, I struggle with saying if if i like it or not is jack duquesne or Duquesne, Jack because Duquesne. he has this. Yeah, he's a great mustache twirling villain. Mustache, literally, because his mustache is perfect to twirl. Yeah. But yes, he has. I a, don't. He has a fantastic Movember mustache. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you might recognize he's the. I saw. He, I don't know. Do you watch Better Call Saul? 
No. So he was he reoccurred in season four, and then he's like season five and and beyond. He's a, a main cast member. I uh, really liked him in that, so that's where I knew him from. But yeah, I I think they cast everybody okay. Um, I think the other interesting thing is we only met her at the end of the second episode, but Echo, who is the leader of the tracksuit mafia, they were mm-hmm. they were making a big deal deal because she's she's deaf and uses hearing aids, and it's like Hawkeye's been using hearing aids for years, like. You yeah. can't, you got to quit with like, you know, pretending first, something didn't happen. And this is a Marvel, this is a Disney thing. You know, uh, it's the first because of it didn't happen before. Um, but I will say, we, we, we also have this looming cloud of Florence, Pugh, Florence Pugh's, uh, Yelena Belov. Yes. And, and I, Which don't, could, I don't like it. I don't, I do not like that they tied this into that shit movie. Yeah, well, this there's two two ways to look at that for me, and and this is the way I look at it. I look at it because she was the shining star, despite how much I like how many issues I had with Black Widow. Mm-hmm. The one issue I did not have was with Florence Pugh. No, that, that, that in is, that, that regard. And so, even though they they are they are doing that, like you said, they they are tying you know this to that movie, her appearance and. Florence Pugh's ability to steal scenes and to elevate scenes could really be the help that this show needs. Yeah. Because I, I, I did it, you know, an IMDB search and, you know, I'm talking about some of the characters not hitting, you know, just some of the, the pacing and stuff like that. Yeah. Some of the pacing was fine, but again, the writer for episode one, uh, Elisha, uh, Eliza Clement, Clement. No, she was the writer for two episode two. For two, for two, hide and seek. Yeah, four writing credits, including Hawkeye. Well, Jonathan uh, Igla now, is the showrunner. The head he was, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's got a little bit more of a filmography, but you know, he did. Uh, he did a lot of Mad Men. He did Mad Men. Well, he, no, he only wrote six episodes of Mad Men, but he was the story editor. Oh, oh, which, that's what I'm looking. It so shows everything. Story editor is okay. important. Um, you know, he wrote an episode of Masters of Sex. He wrote an he was the co-producer and wrote an episode on Pitch, the one about the girl who made the Dodgers. Um mm-hmm. the Hulu series Shut Eye. Um he wrote a couple episodes with um the dude from Burn Notice. Um Sorry for Your Loss, never heard of that. Age of Sale, never heard of that. And then Bridgerton, he was the co-executive producer, which is on uh Netflix. But he was just a producer. Uh or he's co-executive. He didn't write anything for that one yet. Um, but with Hawkeye, he's a writer and then the showrunner. So I, it, it's kind of like what we complain about a lot. These are these are entry level folks doing entry level jobs. Um, Reese Thomas is a you know he was a Saturday Night Live guy who directed the first two episodes. Oh, <laughs> so That's... yeah, it's just I I, I don't like yeah. Um, and then they have, and I'm I'm dreading this. They have Bert and Birdie. They're uh, they're uh, a group, a, a pair oh. of women um, who who are going to be directing the next one. Now I will say they directed Troop Zero, so that's got me thinking this might be good because Troop Zero is fantastic, but it also has a fantastic cast: Jim Caffigan. Viola Davis, 
um, McKenna Grace, you know, but again, they've got very few credits, um, you know, to, to their name, um, besides that. And then, you know, they directed a couple episodes of the great on Hulu a couple years ago. Uh, so again, and, and I'm even looking, entry I'm level. even looking, yeah, I mean, looking at episode three, and it, it, it has two, Tanner Bean and Katrina Matheson, and looking at their, yeah. you know, writing credits, they don't have much. It looks like all these people were, you know, were together on pitch. It, looks, it seems like, yeah. So. Uh, but again, and and again, this this is not to say they don't have talent. What they don't have is experience, and mm-hmm. we've seen this with several of these Marvel shows. We've seen it with Sylvie. We've seen it with Captain America and the Winter Soldier, where there were good moments. Well, I, I don't. I wouldn't say there were good moments necessarily in Sylvie, but there were moments here and there. There was a good but, moment on Sylvie when uh, when Lady Sif kicked Loki and Loki in the nuts. Really, uh, that was good. <laughs> we like that. But and, and I will say this though, so far two episodes in, they seem to have a better grasp on Hawkeye. Yes. Then the other ones had on had on Loki then or they had on even Sam and Bucky. Well, I, I, I don't think Malcolm, whatever the shit his name is, understood Sam Wilson at all. No, he did. So uh, although did you see the memes going around about how the Chinese guy at the restaurant gave Hawkeye's dinner to the family for free? And people were like and Sam couldn't even get a loan. Well, yeah, Sam. I, Sam I, didn't I, I save. Could, uh, what did I say? Sam didn't save New York. Yeah. Well, that's what uh, what I watched the blind wave, and one of the guys said that, and he was like, "And Sam, you know, Sam couldn't get a loan." He's like, yeah. the other guy was like, "Well, he didn't save New York." No, and, and, which I thought was hilarious. Sam spent most of his time as dust during Endgame, so yeah. <laughs> you know, like not 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 that Sam's not awesome, but he also got beat up by Ant Man. <laughs> Before Ant Man was really Ant Man, so yeah. yeah, just just putting that one out there. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I, I I really like Jeremy Renner. I think I think what what they should have done at some point is a Black Widow led movie with Hawkeye as like support, you know, um, at some point during the movie but not for the entire movie and not for the climax of the movie yeah um, yes yes like clint comes in and like kind of like the guy who should have been taskmaster um or like the that, guy that was taskmaster and they changed uh, no i'm saying should have been because they did change it and they changed it for the worse yeah. and they have to live with that decision and we had to live with that well, no we don't have to live with saw. it because i don't have to watch that piece of shit ever again um i know but it's still burned in my mind See, I forgot well, all about it until mind. we just started talking about it. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I think I I think both of these episodes were too long because they were both over forty minutes. Um, for what it is, and if they if they wanted to do if, if they're doing six one like you know forty five minute episodes, that's one thing. Um. I feel like Disney needs to start kind of like looking at this, like this would have made a great half hour, like buddy cop show between the two mm-hmm. of them. Um, but I get it. They want to get it out before Christmas. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, they're setting us up to kill Clint. You said that, and I really, this is the thing, I really want to say you're wrong about that. They're leaning far too heavy in, like, you need to be home for Christmas. You promised you'd be home for Christmas. And now his daughter's going to hate him because he's not going to be home for Christmas. Yeah. And with the tone of the show, I would say I, I don't believe that either. With that being said, I have a fear that you you are on the right track with that. Yeah. Because this is not just I, I just I'll just say I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to get too far into why I think they'll do that, but I yeah, I, I, I think you could be correct. I really hope you're wrong. Because again, I really like Jeremy Renner as an actor and I I really like Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye as yeah. well. So, and and again, even if this is passing the torch in the sense of he, you know, he wants to, you know, lay down the bow, the idea that the character is still out there somewhere, mm-hmm. I, I like that idea more than, you know, oh yeah, yeah, let's for, for, for reasons, we have him die and just leave his family mourning him. Yeah. I, I just, I, I just feel like they were going to do it. Um, and we got to talk about pizza dog. Uh, for a second, <laughs> pizza dog. you should not feed your dog pizza. Like, there's garlic in no. there that's poisonous to them. Um, so if you what, if was there garlic? In, oh, if there's garlic in pizza sauce. I mean, if it's good pizza sauce, there's garlic. In well, it. it depends on. Yeah, so, well, yeah, but, that's true. Anyway, but yeah, I mean, so, but she's feeding it pizza she found on the street and stuff. So, uh, like, who knows what that is? Right. Anyway, but uh, all right. So, you know, I'm not. I'm. 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 I mean, this is only, it's only four more weeks, right? So, like, we'll probably just keep reviewing this. Yeah. Look, this, habit, I but, didn't, like, yeah. after two episodes, I, I, there was not an FU moment, like, I, uh, that was, that was sh- uh, shared with, or yeah. thrown at the screen as I did with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. There wasn't a, this isn't the character, they don't understand the character for one second as after the first mm-hmm. episode of Loki or Sylvie. Yeah. This still has potential, and I had a I had no don't get me wrong like I had a good time with this, um, and there were there were moments that even though I think they were ridiculous like the whole bell tower scene, I just couldn't help but laugh at it. So right, based on what we've gotten the last two Marvel shows, I'm not counting What If because that's animus. That's, that's a totally different thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I really enjoyed What If. I, I completely forgot about I, what if until you just mentioned yeah. it. <laughs> although, although there were episodes I just did not like mm-hmm. at all. I'm just comparing it to the live action. Like this is far better, a far better start than what we got from Sylvie, than what we got from Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. And the fact that in two episodes there is a better chemistry between well, actually more one episode, there's a better chemistry between Clint and Kate than there ever was between Bucky and Sam in those six episodes yeah. of, or however many episodes Falcon the Winter Soldier was, is a shame. Yeah. And that, and I, I, part of that, I will actually, you know, I'll give credit to Haley Steinfeld because I think she's a big part of that. Jeremy Renner's a big part of that. And it, and despite, I think, you know, um, the two actors being, you know, Bucky and Sam should have been able to do a better job. I, I put a lot of that on the writing and the directing mm-hmm. for them. To, why it didn't get 
why they didn't have the chemistry that they had in the short amount of screen time they had, you know, in the movies. Right, right, right. right. I mean, because everybody was like, where is Clint during, um, you know, Infinity War and stuff like that. So um, he was retired. Yeah. <laughs> and then he came out of retirement in a bad way. It's a bad, bad man. Um, but no, I, I just, I, I, I'm going to give it a shot. You know, I'll probably watch it. I mean, it's only, it's only six hours of my life that I won't get back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that. So, all right. Let's move oh, on. It's funny. We were, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, real out. quick. So we were watching it and we paused it at one point and Jess was like, so this has 18 minutes left. And then we get done and she's like, that was an 18 minutes. And I was like, yeah, it was like five minutes of credits. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous, but yep. anyway. Anyway. All right. Um, Wheel of Time keeps on turning. <laughs> All right. So I know nothing about Wheel of Time. I, I know I watched the first three episodes. Um, and I also know that the first episode was so boring, I don't even remember what happened in it. Other than some guy cut his wife nearly in half with an axe. Which is an example of not being necessary. Completely unnecessary. Yeah. Completely unnecessary. Com did, did I mention that was completely unnecessary? How dare you? Right? That's how they should feel? <laughs> um, this is the most how dare you's we've used in an episode yet. I know. I know. Is that is that, how's that button? Is, it's is it wearing mean, out. The light the light's fading a little bit. It's so like, so I real quick, continue. let me just Yeah. So I, I did get you know from uh the wiki, uh, I think the Wheel of Time wiki. Because this is I mean the Wheel of Time is a series that started in the nineties. It spans fourteen books, I think. Cheesy, crazy um, chicken peasy. Yeah, it start you got it started with uh Robert Jordan. Robert Jordan died um, in 2007, and Brandon Sanderson, one of my favorite authors, he was uh, tasked with finishing the series, and he actually added a couple books. Funny enough, this series, Jordan originally thought it was, I think he wanted it, it at six, you know, six books in the series. And again, then he was like, well, no, well, I'm going to need 12. And then Brandon Sanderson came on and said, well, I can't do these two last two books. I'm going to need 14 to do. So okay. this series, and let me just read it. Uh, uh, real quick, it's Dawn of Time, a deity known as the creator forged the universe and the Wheel of Time, which spins the pattern of ages using the lives of men and women as a threat. The wheel has seven spokes, each representing an age, and is rotated by the one power, which flows from the true source. The one power is divided into male and female halves, Sidene and Sidar, which work in opposition and in unison to drive the wheel. Humans that use the power are called channelers, the principal organization of such channelers are called the Aes Sedai or servants of the hall in the old tongue. Uh, what happened with this? And if this is the reason why an Aes Sedai are women well, in the wheel of time. Hold on. What, is that, that's, that's, that's the, the, from the book, right? Like yes, the books. That's okay. From the book. So the summary for the show is the wheel of time follows Morini. Moraine? Moraine. 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 A member of the Aes Sedai, a powerful organization of women who can use magic. She takes a group of four young people on a journey around the world, believing one of them might be the reincarnation of the dragon, a powerful individual prophesized to save the world or destroy it. Yes. There's and no mention of is, men using magic in there. 
and and this is a reason and this is what happens is the male half of the one power when they were so that you know you they talk about the dark one who's mm -hmm. basically sauron and what happened when they imprisoned the dark one in the second age which was a thousand years before this story takes place in both the books and this in the series what he the dark one was able to do was taint the male half of corrupt the male half mm -hmm. of the one power which what that caused is the first dragon who actually imprisoned him loose there in telemon he actually went insane and like almost destroyed the world okay. and any men who have used the what tapped into the one power sense they it, they it drives them insane because of the corruptive power think of it like it's poison seeping into their minds and you know they it just makes them lose their minds so that's why men who are who are you know throughout the the you know these last thousand years they're the Aes Sedai basically hunt the men who they find out can channel the one power because they don't want you know another you know dragon to destroy the world okay but Moraine thinks that this is important and one of these you know people that she finds might be the dragon reborn and could save the world from because the dark one is starting to slowly seep out and you know be able to influence like you know whisper make whispers here and there mm -hmm. just again very much like sauron in lord of the rings like this series not just the 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 series that we watch the tv series but the book series yeah. took takes a ton of stuff from lord of the, i mean almost like directly it's like dude this is a little plagiarism. But. Yeah, I saw I saw a great <laughs> meme. It was like a guy taking the test, and the guy looking over his shoulder, and the guy taking the test it said Lord of the Rings, and then the guy looking over his shoulder was like all other fantasy. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, like the Turlocks or Trollocks or however you say that. Um, I guess yeah. Turlock would be Bitsy Turlock, so let's not attach her to these things. By the way, that's a little over a month away. Um January 11th. January 11th. So, yes. uh, one, I, 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 you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say this to be mean, but our, our girl Rosamond is, is like, I don't know if they, if they've aged her up with makeup or things like that, but she is not looking like a young chicken these days. She's, um, which is sad. She's not. She's not peak Rosamond. She's not peak Rosamond. I think that's probably. I don't want to say it Gone is, Girl just because that's such a weird movie, but sorry, go ahead. Jack Reacher, her and Jack yeah, Reacher. Yeah, that's, yeah, Jack Reacher, 100%. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I again, I, I came out of the first episode. I didn't know anybody's names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I was, I was like, okay, like these big, creature things show up and and then you 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 run you run away from them um and uh they they can't swim or something <laughs> yeah they're like the creatures from a uh, quiet place yeah in that regard right right <laughs> right um and then in the second episode we're introduced to the white cloaks where he's eating a bird or something yes. And then he cut some lady's hand off and stole her ring. Um, and, like, I admit, I'm 100% a normie on this one. Uh, yeah. I found the white cloaks to be very off-putting. Um, 
to the point where it's like, these are Jeffrey Dahmer dudes. I am fine if we don't talk about them or, or yeah. visit them again. And I, I will say this, the um and again, I am not I am I I do want to go back and read this whole series because I stopped at book five or six mm-hmm. like eight, ten years ago. So I am not by any means a expert in the field of the wheel of time. Mm-hmm. The white cloaks are off-putting and they're called they're called the children of light and they absolutely are off-putting in the books as well they actually might be a little worse in the books some yeah. of the stuff the leader does and they, they that's that's actually that that's actually one of the good things i think that from what i can recall and what i've looked up that this series has done a good job of because they should be off-putting that what they do is basically the children of the sun are their purpose is to, they think anyone, not just men, but anyone who taps into the true source, the one power, has uh, is in league with the dark one. Okay. So they they hunt down Aes Sedai as well, and that's okay. who that woman was yeah. that was tied up. And he yeah, cut I mean, off I figured head. that out later in the episode. But like, even okay. like their magic, right? Like she had all this magic when the monsters were attacking the village, and she threw bricks at them individually i like like the use of magic and like it took so long for her to power up um it was just really weird like i yeah and that that scene in the books is supposed to show just how powerful she is and this maelstrom she creates and it just does not work no that way in the in, in that series i was one of the things I liked about the first three episodes is I do like her as Moraine. I think, mm-hmm. I think, and again, it's not that she's spot note perfect as far as Moraine in the books. I mean, there's a lot more complex, but I do like the start of what we see with her. But that part in itself, just the the showcasing of the magic so far has been very disappointing, especially considering that they're spending six, eight, ten million dollars an episode. I was very underwhelmed with the you with the have magic. To do a better job. Um, yeah. Again, this is though, not like, Lord of the Rings. Everything else is Lord- really pretty and like looks really yeah. good. And like the city that was trying to eat them with the black sludge, like that was cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, that was really. I, I was cool. I was yeah. down for that. But um, yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like they need something like the volume to do the magic scenes, right? Where yeah. they can just stick her on that sound stage and she can do her, her brick bending and throw the bricks at people. But <laughs> instead of doing one at a time, she's like ripping out like six walls from like buildings all yeah. around and throwing them. But yeah, that, that yeah. should have been a very powerful scene and you should have been, oh, the people like the audience should have been like, Holy shit. Mm-hmm. This woman is a badass. Yeah. And it doesn't come across that way. Yeah, yeah. So, um, who's the redhead dude? That uh, that is Rand Althor. He is the one dragon, of the right? War- Spoilers. Yes, he is. I mean, like it was obvious in the first episode that he was the dragon, and then when he had the dream with the bird in his mouth or whatever, it's like, okay, you're a dragon. Yeah. Um, and you said there was some controversy, some controversy. About the dragon. So there are a few things. What do you mean? Like you were saying something about the voice actor or something. 
Oh, no, no. So there is, it's not for him, but weirdly enough, um, his friend, his best friend, Matt, yeah. is, is already being, is already being recast. Um, so I don't, I don't know why. For the next season? Because it already yeah, got picked up yeah. for a second season. Yeah. And he's actually one of the characters, I, 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 the actor himself, because again, this thing is, this is like, they're trying to do a Game of Thrones with the serious nature of just everything is dour and just really just ultra serious. And that's not how the book was. Yes, it was a serious story, especially as you got further into the books and the characters aged up. But they're missing a lot of the lighthearted nature and some of the especially, you know, the um, Rand's friend, you know, friend Matt. He is more of a lighthearted character. And now, granted, some of that lightheartedness is hiding, you know, some internal struggles. But I think this one of the things I didn't like about this show is the tone. I it not just because it doesn't do justice to the books, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't do its own thing. It's basically doing what all these shows are trying to do. Like it, it seems more like it's trying to copy Game of Thrones than anything. Yeah. With that tone. And yes, that tone works with Game of Thrones. When you're dealing with kids, well, again, and then they did kind of age them up a little bit yeah. uh, from from the books. Well, uh, I don't you know, know. I mean, I, 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 they can't have the sexy time with the kids, but I mean, it is Hollywood, and so that, I think they would probably yeah. like that, wouldn't you, Mark Ruffalo? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, like what a, one of the things I did, some of the actors I did really like, I liked uh, the warden, uh, mm-hmm. Lan. Uh, he's the warden uh, with you know, Moraine. I, I again, I said yeah. I like Rosamund Pike. Yeah. Uh, I I do like the guy. His name is Joshua Stradowski uh, as Rand, the guy that plays Randolph Thor. Okay. Yeah. He, he has not been in much at all. He's no. he's a he's a Netherlands actor, but um, I I actually like him. The other some of the other characters I really did they just really didn't vibe with me. You know, the one that plays Egwene, who is kind of his lover, which again, that is something that wasn't in the books. Wait, whose lover? It wasn't in the books at this Oh, the girl. Uh, yeah, she is Randall yeah, yeah. Thor's lover. Yeah. Uh Nynaeve. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really I didn't like her. And the guy that plays Perrin, there's just something about him I, I'm just not vibing with. It's kind of like we were talking about some of the actors in the Hawkeye series. Yeah, the guy that I'm plays just not vibing their pa- performance. Parents, the big black dude, right? Yeah, yeah. He just seemed kind of dopey. You yeah. know, he didn't seem like like he. I feel like he should be badass. And yeah. and and he, he does seem kind of dopey. Yeah, and he. I mean, he has a thing. Yeah, you know, he has a. I mean, you know, they they hint at it several times, but he has a connection with wolves. Yeah, and you know that'll get played out later on. Yeah, the the him he never had a wife in the book. Okay, and what they the reasons they did that, and and I read is to help show his sometimes inability to control his violence. Mm. So you make a wife that he accidentally kills for that. Mm-hmm. You you couldn't have done another that another way. Uh, a more yeah. intelligent way of doing it. So again, from not and again, even if I didn't know that part of the books, I would have thought that was unnecessary the way they did that. Yeah. So some of the choices they've made away from the books, just the choices as a TV series, I didn't like the magic was very underwhelmed. Yeah. I like the guy very that sang the songs. Um, yes. Uh, Tom, I think that's his name. Yeah. He's an interesting character. He, uh, Tom Thane. Is that it? Yeah. He was good. I like the, uh, the, the, the serving winch. 
um, who tried Dana. to kidnap them. Who was that? Her name was Dana. Dana, yeah, uh, she was good. That yeah. was that was a nice little twist that I yeah I really like that scene. I thought she yeah. was gonna try and seduce the ginger, and he was gonna be like, "But I love someone else," and she was gonna be yeah. like, "Tough, <laughs> give me some of that ginger love, ginger so, love." Oh we oh, we oh. I, I will <laughs> I will tell you the one thing that really it in parts really took me out of this, mm-hmm. and and I'll explain why. It was the absolute just need for showing how much diversity they're, that, they're, <laughs> that they're going for in this show. And the reason I say that, that it, it, it took me out is because if you look at any type of, you know, when you're talking about tribes, especially this is kind of like that, you know, medieval type setting because again the world got broken and you know humanity had to rebuild you're the odds of you finding everywhere you go having rooms full of adversity and something like that yeah it, it just strange credulity yeah and there's they've already done the diversity thing with naive with Egwene, with parent they, they've done it already mm-hmm. with those characters they did uh, well. Lan is kind of, I think, and like based on some of the drawings, it seems like he's he's actually cast fine. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, I really like the way that guy plays him. Yeah. But when you do something like this, and again, it, it's also they've been preaching about it, you know, before this series started. You know, how we're mud diversity, mud diversity, mud diversity. You know what? You you, you did diversity with some of these. And again, there there are some that work. Like like you said, you were talking about Dana. Mm-hmm. I had no problem with her. I thought she was great mm-hmm. and I actually vibed with her more than I vibe with two of the other main character yeah. females, uh, which is not good. The guy that plays Lan uh, was uh Tadashi's voice in big hero six, by the way. Yes. I, yeah. And he's, he's also, he was a, I guess he was a regular in, or a series regular or something in criminal minds. He was in a lot of criminal lines. Uh, I never oh, watched yeah, the look show, at that. but he was a special guest in seasons 10 and 12 and a main role in seasons 13 through 15. And he was the main cast in Criminal Minds Beyond Borders. Yeah. So things like that, and and it and it kind it bleeds out at times. We've talked about this ad nauseum where when you're focused on one thing Mm -hmm. at the and and in and and the story is oh, we'll get to the story. And that's what it comes across as. Mm -hmm. Where it's we have to do this. Oh, we'll get to the story. We'll, but, we'll, we'll do that. And again, but, it's but, not to but, say that you can't do diversity. both. Yeah. You, you, you can't absolutely do both. Yeah. But you have to have the story in mind first. One of the things. The story has to it. come first. It has to. Yeah. And I mean, we're and starting about, to see that coming back around, but like uh, not nearly fast enough. And one, And again, a show I think that we both think didn't get enough play was Warrior Nun that does a great yeah. job of diversity and it doesn't kick you in the face with it no it just tells a good story i mean i mean as good a story as a show called warrior nun can tell um (laughs) yeah yeah. but like i mean even soups and lolo like that was great the way they did all of that yeah so so it can be done and that's that's the thing it's about the fact that you focus on the story and this this is a this is a tough 
tough. I will say this. I will give Amazon not the benefit of the doubt, but I will give them the sense of this is a very, very tough property mm-hmm. to adapt because get this, this is crazy. I, 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 and again, I'm assuming this is right. Based on what I've read of it, I could absolutely see this being right. There are over 2,700 named characters in this series, wow. in this 14 book series. Yeah. That's very Tolkien esque. Yeah. The, I think the shortest book is like 671 pages. Hmm. And then there were like three, there were like three straight books that were almost a thousand pages. So this is a massive yeah. series, a massive undertaking. And, I, and again, you said it. I think this looks good. Uh, but there are really they that one that first episode was so yeah slow. I mean, not knowing so anything slow. about the books, right? If I feel like it yeah. looks like I would think something like this would look. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, though: Lord of the Rings has to look better than this. I mean, it yeah, really does. It, does. it, it, it 100%. Absolutely. It has to. It and you know, to. there's going to be normie douches out there who are like, why is Lord of the Rings copying off of the Wheel of Time? Yeah. Yeah. People are going to do that. Why did they do that? Why is this all copying off of Game of Thrones? Why is Dune. Did I, did I send you the lip reading thing from Dune? Yeah, I didn't watch it yet. It's so funny. But yeah, why is Dune copying off of Game of Thrones? Why do they have to have houses too? because one of those came first <laughs> so anyway uh yeah all right i mean i am I'm, I'm down to keep checking it out so i'm not yeah. you know i'm not out on the series like i i'm not i'm not as concerned with uh some of the changes as you are just because i don't know um but i do yeah. see your point where like everywhere they go there's like one of everything yeah you know there'd and be some pairs a- every now and then just, yeah, <laughs> just point that out. You said it a while ago, uh, where, well, I think this was when we watched Wise the Last Man. Is like, you know what? I think I'm going to stop trying to watch stuff that I really like. Yep. Adaptations of stuff. Oh yeah, that I really I'm done like. watching adaptations of things that I love. And Invincible again, is what really actually oh, did that man. for me. And, and again, I, I have to stress to people, I am not the expert of the wheel of time series by any stretch of the imagination. I don't love it. Like some people. Well, as far as the infamous podcast goes, you are. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I am the wheel of time. God in this forum right now. Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I I told you I'm a normie. I'm I'm not even a normie. I'm a, I'm a tourist. (laughs) Yeah. I've read like at least 4,000 pages of this, of the saga. So 4,000 pages of the saga. Look at me. (laughs) But I, I do think this, I mean, this has a lot of room for improvement. Yeah. Uh, there are some things I really like. Uh, episode, this is, we're recording on Friday. So episode four dropped today. I'm going to check it out. I'll probably check it out sometime this weekend. I did I'm not really know hoping, when it came out. Yeah. So. I didn't know until I, you know, I, I did. I wasn't even really sure either, but I'm really hoping that, you know, that, Again, I can't do anything about some of the choices they've already made, but I'm hoping that it improves and just builds on some of the stuff we've gotten. And, I mean, there's that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that's good for this week. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. We appreciate you so Mm -hmm. much. Hope you had a great holiday. 
It's uh, it's only the first third of the holiday trifecta of pain. So enjoy. <laughs> Anywho. All right. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. We'll be back with more Hawkeye and uh, Wheel of Time, I'm assuming, next week as well. And Brian will give his thoughts on Arcane. Mm, maybe not next week. <laughs> I didn't say next week. Yeah. I just said Brian will give his thoughts. I, on I, I, I will. I will endeavor to watch it um, before <laughs> next week, at least an episode or two. All right. Yeah, on there we go. That note. We'll talk to you all later. Thanks for listening. Bye. See ya. The Infamous Podcast is recorded in Kings Mills, Ohio, just north of Cincinnati. You can find new episodes every Sunday on Apple Podcast, YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, our website, or anywhere podcasts are downloaded. This show is hosted by Daryl Jasper and me, Brian Tudor. To find more information about the show, visit us at infamouspodcast.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Infamous Podcast to keep up with the show. We also have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash infamous podcast. We have some great rewards for our patrons and are looking for help to grow the show to bring you more of the content you want to hear. Music for this podcast is provided by Michael Henry from meetmichaelhenry.com. So whenever you're listening to us, have a great day, night, evening, weekend, whenever it is, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Later. Later.